Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Built for the Outdoors podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Jimmy. And as a continuation from last week, we have... I'm Matt. And in podcast world, this is the next week, but in real time, this is the next day from last week's episode. Uh, We're still up here at camp. Uh, It's our second day of trout fishing up here. Uh, We'll get into it, but today was definitely, definitely a lot harder. (laughs) It was it was more like fishing, like you just said, <laughs> instead yeah. of catching. The weather probably played a pretty big role in that. Yeah, it was raining this morning, and then it uh, and it wasn't too bad for a little while, and then it started getting cold, getting windy, and then the snow came, and it definitely put a damper on the fish activity this this afternoon. Still a good time. Oh yeah. So even though you couldn't feel your hands or your toes by the time we got done, but you know. It's better than being at home and not feeling your hands and your toes. That's true. <laughs> and water was a little lower and a little clearer today, so that certainly added to the mix. Yeah, definitely probably made it a little tougher. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I think Jimmy outfished me again today, so he's he's <laughs> up on me for the weekend. <laughs> First time ever. Yeah, this is a this is a historical moment for me and jimmy fishing this is the first time he might outfish me on a trip ever it should make you feel good like uh like somebody's dad like you're learning yeah or should i feel like you're getting lucky and i'm getting unlucky hopefully that i'm learning okay but part of it is you getting unlucky yeah because you've been throwing the same stuff matt and i have and it's just yeah no, it is what it You're is. In a I'm funk still, this weekend. I'm still catching fish. It's <laughs> yeah. not like it's not like I'm not catching fish. I'm still catching plenty of fish. It's not quite as many as you guys. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. You still caught some fish today. I yeah. think you've lost more than everybody else too. I've missed hook sets on more than everybody. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've actually lost that many that have been on the hook, but ones that bite and me not setting the hook in time. I'm definitely uh, definitely ahead on that. And this morning we went back to the same place we started at yesterday. Or fished pretty much all day yesterday. And we had a little bit of luck here this morning. And then then we decided we were going to move upstream some. And the spot we were planning on going to had quite a few people. Oh yeah, there. it was it was packed. Yeah, so then we decided we'd try upstream a little farther. We found one spot that looked halfway decent, but went down in there and fished a good 100 yard section or so and didn't see anything didn't catch anything so moved back down the creek moved down to the big creek and went to the catch and release section and uh didn't didn't have any luck there no nope. seen some fish but they just weren't they weren't biting it's yeah, the weather then we came back up here and fished a little bit caught a couple but nothing nothing really noteworthy i don't think we'll be getting a, a youtube video out of today no it's all gonna have to be a tomorrow yeah we gotta see what happens tomorrow if not we're gonna get a three-day combined yeah into one video it's all right though it's all right though the camaraderie it's a good time yeah yeah man we won't have quite as much time tomorrow to fish get out of here to Head back to the real world, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's always sad to go home. I think I might just stay. Oh, we'll send the car out for you Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, yeah. Just send the car in another month. Yep. Sounds good. We'll <laughs> see you then. You want, us, you want us to mail the your internet card up here so we can at least work? Uh, yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah, mail the internet card and uh, ship the puppy up in a box so we can continue training and we'll be good. <laughs> Yeah, get him trained on the grouse up here. <laughs> that would be nice. Be a lot of walking to find some grouse. Anymore, unfortunately, that's the the way it is. It didn't used to be that way, but it certainly is that way now. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a live one. My dad has a fan of one on a on a wall, and that's all I've ever seen. From the sounds of it, they used to be everywhere. Well, there were a few in the hollow behind camp last year. Yeah, they're, they're, they're still up here. Yeah, every once in a while. Uh, this year we haven't yet, but last year I know we were fishing. You could hear them drumming up in the hollow. And, you know, they always scare the shit out of you while you're going out hunting because you're not expecting them. And then they, then they, uh, 
they fly from me to you away, which is less than five feet, and it sounds like a helicopter taking off next to you. Never I was, heard that. One. I was hoping Jimmy would have. We would have walked by one when we went up the mountain yesterday and scared Jimmy. Probably would have pissed my pants. Probably, yeah. I know I d- almost did when I heard the first one, and it was dark out when I heard the first one. I was walking through these this grove of pine trees that's up behind the camp here, and it took off from. I get the kind of scared that would have sent me back to camp. i almost went back (laughs) that morning that was the first day i went up that was the first time i went up here hunting first morning walking out to go bear hunting it sounded like a bear was coming through the trees at me there's just not as many around anymore i thought i heard uh a year or two ago there was something that that infected the the flock and started to knock them off i didn't really get much detail i think they get the bird flu pretty good and it knocks them back but and then you got all the nest predators up here, we all know, everywhere. We know there's quite a few of those. Yeah. Yep. We there's there's a few of them up here, and at home it's just not habitat for them. That's all it is anymore. Down home, there's just nowhere for them to live. Now you got to travel on a couple hours to get to them. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of that, uh, that hike up the mountain. How are we all feeling after that? I mean, my legs don't hurt or anything like that. I feel fine, just I'm tired. <laughs> Two days standing, walking in the water, it really takes it out of you. But other than that, I mean, my nothing hurts. No, my back hurts. That might have something to do with forgetting a pair of boots and hiking up and down a mountain in a pair of tennis shoes. Yeah, sliding your way back down. So they said on the way up. Way back down might be just equally as tough. It is. It's yeah, like, if not worse. Yeah. If not worse, yep. Yeah. It is tough on the way back down. I'm going to blame it on the shoes. It doesn't have anything to do with being old. <laughs> no, it can't have anything to do with that. <laughs> I know Nick called me an old man as I was getting down out of the top bunk over here this morning. <laughs> I could. You were taking your sweet old time. I know that. Oh, yeah. I was definitely feeling that uh, that walk yesterday. Then we went down there to that catch and release section. The water seemed to be, it was higher. And it then was higher and it was, it was a lot colder. quicker and it was cold. That short time in there really wore me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just standing out in the cold and the wind like that, it takes it out of you. It does not take very long standing out in there. Then you get inside somewhere where it's nice and warm and you just want to go to sleep. Yeah, that rain certainly didn't help things. It made... Uh Made it very damp outside, which just makes it even worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The wind. But tomorrow's supposed to be nice again. It's supposed yeah. to be, what, low 50s, upper 40s, something yeah, like that? Yeah, low so. 50s. When one more fishing, it'll be close to 40, so. Sun's supposed to be out of two, I think, so yep. that'll be good. Yep, hopefully it comes out first thing in the morning. Yeah, hopefully the fish will be biting. Sun being out like that, it definitely helps them. Yeah, there should be less traffic on the stream as well. Yeah, so. uh, for being being a Monday, it should be it should be a lot less people. Yeah, I couldn't believe you said it. We drove by that sportsman's club area, and there were so many people. Yeah, so there was many. there was a lot of people there. And then there's the jerks fishing in the kids kids section, but yeah, yeah, I don't know why anybody would do that. No, I'm not the fish warden. But was it that way all season, or do they allow us to put a date on it? Through the end of May, I think, is when it goes to that or June 15th, something like that. It's supposed to be kids and disabled people only. But I guess if nobody's there enforcing it, then people are just going to do whatever they want, which sucks, but you know. Unfortunately, yeah. you know we're not, we're not the law enforcement. We can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. We have to let them go. Yep, we just we're the people to pay attention to what's going on and where you can be and where you can't be. And there's people that aren't like that and take advantage of things, but yeah, or just blatantly ignore it. Yep, yep. Which I'm sure is the case too. I know we were just walking the stream last year and somebody said something to us. 
kids only. That type of thing. We left, you know. But Yeah, well, we didn't. I thought it was supposed to be, like, from when they stocked for the derby till a certain date. But when we got out, they had, the year before it was like that, where it was from, like, when they stocked from the derby till a certain date. But last year they changed it where it's from opening day of trout season through June. It's all kids only, and I didn't realize that. And we went up through there, and some guy said, hey, this is kids only. Oh, we didn't realize it and went back out, but... We Thanks for being anything. nice about it, guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he didn't catch anything anyway. No. No, he didn't do any good. I don't know. You guess anything you want to talk about specifically this episode? Um, I'd like to hear a little bit about Matt and his bass fishing ventures. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Um, I don't really know where to start it. Like, what, what helped you get into the tournament fishing aspect from when you first started well <clears throat> i mean i don't know is there anything that helped me get into it i mean i started bass fishing on the rivers you know with my dad as a kid and uh just uh, one of my friends who's you know is probably about 10 years older than i am had already fished on the bass circuit for quite a while and his partner had retired and he needed a new partner and asked me to go along and uh, took me up to Lake Erie and spent a day on Lake Erie in early May and in four or five hours we probably boated 50 smallmouth and uh, that led into getting into the tournament circuit. I, I mean I was very fortunate that uh, I had a good teacher not only my father but uh, but Rich was was very patient a very good teacher the first year was a little rough but after that, we uh, we did very very well. So I uh, over nine years, roughly 120 teams on the circuit finished in the top 40 uh, every year. Finished in the top 25, probably six or seven of those years. Uh, the top 10, a handful, and won the state championship one of those years. So was was very lucky and very fortunate, but it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time, a lot of scouting, a lot of practicing weeks in advance of tournaments. Um, but like I said, had a good teacher, enjoyed it, had a lot of success. Don't know as though I'd ever want to go back and do it anymore. Uh, you know, you watch the guys on TV and everybody talks about, you made a comment yesterday about, uh, or maybe it was even today, watching some online videos about how it would be neat to make a living doing that. I guess in my mind the problem becomes is, you know, we get up and we go out hunting and go out fishing because we enjoy it and it's fun. When you're trying to make a living doing it, it's no longer just fun, it's now work. Yeah, it's a job. So I think some of the enjoyment would have to be lost. Uh, I've gone to three or four of the professional bass tournaments to watch as a spectator and had the opportunity to talk to some of the pros and some of those guys spend 200 250 days a year on the road if they're not practicing and they're not scouting they're doing events for their sponsors and i don't know personally i just think some of the enjoyment would be lost yeah, um, it'll it almost, almost have to be because you see, you know, 250 days a year, that's a, that's a lot. And granted, it's not as much as probably work. Maybe you work five days a week, eight-hour days, but it's still. Yeah. You get to come home from work. Yeah, you get to come. Most most jobs, you get to come yeah. home every day. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about those guys. You know, they're going from tournament to tournament, so when they're not on the water pre-fishing or in the actual tournament, then they're traveling to the next tournament to get set up to do it all over again. It just, uh, it takes an awful lot of time. I've, I've always made a joke with some of my buddies that have never tournament fished, and I tell them I make more casts in one tournament than you make in an entire year of going out to fun fish. You know, you're eating your lunch and your sandwich doing 70 miles an hour across the body of water because you don't want to take the time to not be fishing to eat. So a lot of fun, great experiences. Was very fortunate to be as successful as we were, but uh, I don't think I would want to do it as a living. 
you know, I would be more than happy to go with one of you guys and go and fish in a tournament here or fish in a tournament there, but I don't ever think I'd want to go back on the circuit again. Yeah. Just do it for the fun, do it for the enjoyment, getting out on the water, and I'm sure you definitely enjoy it a lot more now that it's slowed down. I learned a lot. I learned a lot, so it makes the fun fishing or the recreational fishing that we do now a lot more fun because I'm a lot more successful at it. I know what to look for different times of the year, where to target the fish at, and what type of baits and lures and you know techniques I should be using. So it's it's definitely paid off and made me a better fisherman. Yeah. Um, this what, uh, I'll interrupt you yeah, for a absolutely. second. You know, doing the bass fishing like that is just one specific thing all the time you know you're bass fishing there's no no deviation it might be different kind of bass with small mouth or large mouth but even then you're really not that much different you're just targeting them in different ways you're still standing on the boat casting the bass below the water looking at a looking at a screen on the on the boat trying to figure out where they're at but you know god willing that this built for the outdoors thing maybe takes off more and maybe one day you know if the stars align we can do this full time not that i think that that's probably going to happen but keep doing it maybe but we didn't shoehorn ourselves we haven't shoehorned ourselves into one specific thing it's like you see some of the youtube channels you know they're just fishing and that's all they're doing we can you know we're just outdoors in general so we can hunt fish trap whatever we don't have to specifically be in one section of it the whole time and then make a commitment that you know oh we're gonna put so many videos out and it's all gonna be fishing it's all gonna be hunting we can do other stuff without having to (laughs) excuse me make it monotonous i certainly think that makes it way more enjoyable you know because i mean then you can even lead into the backpacking and the remote camping and the you know the remote fishing where you backpack your way in and you you know you camp and you got your fly rod and you know you go and you catch your food and leaves you guys open for a lot more avenues to travel down and a much larger spectrum of outdoor stuff versus just fishing or hunting or you know pigeonholing yourself into one particular species yeah Yep. Yeah, and I, that was kind of the goal when I started and saying, you know, we're just outdoors. You know, it's mostly hunting and fishing, but if we want, we could do other stuff because, you know, we didn't say built for hunting or anything like that, you know. That's that's what's exciting about it for me is uh, just, you know, like you said, you don't see it going full time, which that's a major thing like if that happens that's awesome but just a little bit of this here and there people paying attention and seeing us and stuff like that could lead to the opportunity to be able to do more of this stuff Mm -hmm. Um, you know because we work it's hard to get away from work because you need money to go and do this stuff yeah so yeah in vacation time yep yep so you only get so much of that yep so it's it's great that some of that stuff can be short weekends and Mm -hmm. those kind of things you don't have to put all your time into something and all your eggs in one basket Uh, leave the door open for whatever and it's it's all right there so well i mean i mean as an outdoorsman something that i've you know i think there may be more of it now but i haven't really spent a tremendous amount of time but it's reviewing of products and reviewing of you know different areas of to hunt and different techniques i mean a, a prime example is you know you talk about fishing well all right what type of flies you know are you guys using what type of flies do you use in the spring versus what type of flies do you use in the fall or the middle of summer and different products what type of waders do you wear why do you wear them what's the good about them what's the bad about them you know all those things for you know guys like us that get up and go to work every day and our money and dollars are valuable we want to make sure that the products we're buying to you know hunt with or fish with are worth the money we're spending you know i mean i i can 
for myself, you know, I, I love to pheasant hunt. I do a lot of pheasant hunting. Well, the hunting suit that I wear happens to be for Morvis, and it was fairly expensive. It's probably around 500 bucks for the jacket and the pants, but I've had it for five years. I never get wet. I never get cold because the wind doesn't cut through it. I've walked through briars. I've walked through multiflora rows. I beat the heck out of it, and yet it just keeps on going. So for me, that $500 was money well spent, and when something does happen to this suit, I will spend that $500 again because I know that what I was getting and what I was using, it was worth the money. How often do we spend money on things that fail? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. More often than things that are successful. Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, we can do reviews and stuff like that. If companies want to send us stuff, we'll do a review on it, but just know that we're going to be honest just because you send it to us doesn't mean we're going to be nice. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it should be. And even if companies don't send you things, I mean, you're still purchasing stuff. You're mm -hmm. still utilizing stuff to hunt or fish or hike. Um, I mean, even for now until, you know, things do take off and maybe you do get some of those companies to send you stuff in the meantime, maybe put out there what you're using now, whether you'd buy it again, whether it's worth it, what the good about it is, what the bad about it is, and let people know. Because, I mean, I'd like to know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about your waiters today. Yeah. I know that I need a new pair of waiters. I have absolutely no idea what type of waiters to go and buy. I'm not sure what's a good one, what's a bad one, what the advantages or disadvantages are. So to hear from honest guys that are hardworking and spend the time out in the field utilizing this stuff to give an honest review, I'd be all for it. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Maybe next week or whatever we can go and we can film something doing a review of my kit that I have, my whole fly fishing kit or, or my turkey hunting kit. You know, stuff that I use for that. If I would buy it again, you know, go through it. Maybe we can do the turkey after turkey season once we've used the stuff for a season. But yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Stuff to you know, give more content on the YouTube. We don't have to talk about it here. We can save this for hunting stories and stuff like that. And YouTube, we can do stuff like that with it. Mm -hmm. And it'd be a good idea. Absolutely. Um, for sure. So speaking of fishing, what's the plan for tomorrow? Are we headed back to, uh, to where we've had success? Or now the traffic has gotten less, are we going to head somewhere else? What's the thought process for tomorrow? I think... Well, we won't have as much time because we'll try to get out of here at 12.30 at the latest. But uh, I think we can head, you know, like where we were at the end today. I think there's fish up there, fish down through that whole section. I don't think there's – because I, I put on my sunglasses this afternoon and looked up there in that slack water, and I didn't see anything up in that slack water. doesn't mean they won't move up there when the water warms up. But – I think we can go through that whole section and go down. Maybe if we have time, we get bored of right here, we can go up above the Sportsman's Club up there, down to the general store. Uh, just whatever, you know, it's the last day. I don't I don't care where we go as long as we're catching fish. Yeah. Getting it on video for everybody listening. So that way they can go watch it. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not picky about where we're at. Right, that's what I was thinking. Wake up in the morning pick up camp for the most part so there's not a whole lot to be done mm -hmm. spend the morning fishing come back change clothes hit the road yep. yeah i'm i'm not big on where we go i'm i'll fish wherever yep. you know <laughs> as long as there's fish there i don't care <laughs> yeah it's like to catch a couple more before we go home it gets hard to fly fish down home yeah yeah it's hard to hard to do down there you just don't have the room no, it's definitely different uh, different streams down there. I mean, these ones up here are two or three times the width of the ones down home. I mean, yeah, the ones down home might be deeper, but these ones are so much wider. You have more room to work with. Nothing compares to up here from, from what I've been around. And the fish fight a lot harder. One of the big things I've noticed. Because mm -hmm. I've never done a whole lot of fishing up here. Just the last couple of years off and on, usually in the summer. Yeah, when it's, it's tougher. But down home, the fish don't seem to fight nearly as hard. And I don't know if that's because the water's 
deeper or maybe a little bit warmer because I mean the general rule of thumb is is that you know fish in cold water become more lethargic yeah. so I'm not quite sure why you get the fight out of them up here but they definitely uh, they definitely fight I would definitely say the water is colder up here than it is down home but I don't know if it's maybe because the fish are in faster moving water up here is that yeah, fighting, fish fighting them in the faster moving waters is just definitely going to make it tougher. But the fish are definitely bigger than they were last year. For sure. So I'm sure that has something to do with it. Last year you could just ski them on top of the water through your net. These ones are a little heavier, so it's a little tougher to get them on top of the water. Yeah, I don't, I don't exactly know why they fight harder up here, but they definitely, I've noticed that too, they definitely do. It's definitely made it fun. Yeah, it's always a good time coming up here, even if they are stalker trout. I don't mm-hmm. care. No. It's still fun to catch. Nope. They they fight like crazy, and it feels good to get your line wet and get bit by something. Mm-hmm. So, whatever it is. Yep, nice little primer of being outside for turkey season when we're outside every <laughs> chance we get when we got free time. Yep. I spend... When it comes to turkey season, I spend my days off or spent turkey hunting f- till one, where we can hunt in West Virginia. And Nick knows you put miles and miles on a day at times when when you don't get in the action first thing in the morning. Um, yeah, it is nice to get a little precursor warm up to to that. Um, and then just the whole thing of being up here, it's just nothing beats being up here. No. At least not that, that I've found yet. There, There's probably something that beats being up here, but I haven't found it yet. Oh, I could definitely live here very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, if I a way of making good income and maybe could do with some septic. And running water, but you know that can come at a later date. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. some running water would definitely be nice. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. I feel like if I was living there, <laughs> I I would prefer running water. So, <laughs> yeah, the running water would certainly be an easier feat than the the septic. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I just told these guys a little bit ago, I went out to use the outhouse, came back in, I said, that is the coldest toilet seat I've ever sat on in my life. (laughs) It's it's tough out there right now. (laughs) Yeah, this ain't your fancy toilet like you have at home with your bidet on there. Oh, hey, don't be be shit-talking my bidet. (laughs) Keeps me clean. Matt didn't know I had a bidet. <laughs> I did not. You actually have a bidet? We got a bidet. Uh, that explains why you pee sitting down then, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll blame it on that. <laughs> right. Yeah, not that he wasn't doing that before. <laughs> oh, you think it's some serious abuse, Jimmy? It's all right. He can take it. He's got broad shoulders. Yep, yeah, happens everywhere I go. Part of who I am. <laughs> it comes with being me, so. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, it's definitely been a good weekend. Fishing was a little tougher today, but like we said, today was uh, a little more like fishing versus catching. Tomorrow will probably be a lot of the same, but you got to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, there's there's a lot to be said, you know, just like we talk about going pheasant hunting, there's a lot to be said for going west and hunting, you know, the the natural birds that are way more intelligent than the stock birds we hunt here in Pennsylvania. While the fishing is the same way, the longer these fish are in this stream, you know, the more native they will become, if that's possible. So every day that they're there is a day they get a little bit smarter. It doesn't take long, like you said yesterday. They they got to eat at some point, so they got to figure out what they're going to eat that's floating towards their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, having to work that hard for fish like that makes you appreciate the ones you catch a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Today, the two, three, 
maybe four that I caught. That's that's how it was for me too. I it was like yesterday was awesome, but today might have been more fun when I was catching those fish because it was a whole lot more cast in between a bite. Mm, yeah, it was not every cast or when it's it's drifting behind you while you're trying to move up the creek. They're yep. not biting them when they're when you're doing that. Yep, definitely did not take them long to wisen up just a little bit. Mm -mm, no, I'm sure it'll it'll definitely be better if it's warmer tomorrow. It'll definitely it'll, if the fishing will improve when that sun hits the water. I I was surprised today by the number of fish that i saw come out of the water yeah that was weird especially being cold like that yeah there it, were no bugs hatching no no what were they hitting on top of the water that's what was i don't know it was it was it was strange because i noticed it too and it's like what are you what are you eating yep you even said we were sitting at the store eating our ice cream in the car watching guys fish and nick said he saw two jump out Wow, those yeah, guys and they were, were like right completely there. out of the water. Yeah, like the whole, pretty much the whole fish was out of the water, which is, I mean, when trout rise, they usually don't come out of the water like that. And at that point, we we were eating ice cream in the car because we got to the point of, yeah, it's too damn cold outside to stand here and fish. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was miserable taking this fish off the hook. If you were fortunate enough to catch one taking them off and have to put your hands in the water like that that was painful yep yeah you almost wish you didn't catch a fish so you didn't have to <laughs> grab a yeah. hold of the wet fish just bite it let me reel you in a little bit and then let go please yeah. <laughs> there was a bunch of that today for me <laughs> that's the story you're sticking with still yep that's what i'm going with <laughs> trying to shake them off <laughs> the one the one i caught this afternoon he got in the net and then he spit the hook when he was in the net so i just had to reach and grab him and throw him in the water and <laughs> had to sit there and hold him <laughs> i know you guys have moved upstream and i was fishing mainly at this palomino i tried two different flies and i knew there were a couple rainbows around them I didn't have any bites and I just went and sat on the bank here for a minute and I told you guys when we got up here I was about to just lay down there on the bank curl up and try and stay warm <laughs> so uh, then about that time we were getting ready to take a beat ton to mm -hmm. come up here and had the heater rolling in the camp and it nice in here and come in and it was it was warm enough that I fell asleep <laughs> I was I was right there with you I think I think I got a phone call while I was sitting in yeah. the chair over there, and that's what woke me up a little bit. Otherwise, yeah, I'd have been out. I know I'm going to sleep good tonight. Yep. I mean, you just think about the raw numbers yesterday. I mean, I think I roughly yesterday caught somewhere between 20 and 25, and today I caught seven. Mm -hmm. If that tells you anything about how much, how more, you know, more difficult it was today than it was yesterday. We. And we definitely caught probably a, quite a few of those same fish yesterday that we caught today. I told you guys I caught one today that had a big hole in its, like the fleshy area of the corner of its mouth. Yeah. Could tell he probably got it once or twice yesterday. Oh, he could have been up where everybody was fishing with minnows. and. Yeah, there was, it was quite packed. Yeah, he could have been, you know, just pulled himself and whipped his head enough that he'd come off one of those hooks that those guys were using. Cause I usually try to smash the barbs down on my hook. Cause yeah. if, I'm, if, they, if they hop off, it's fine. I'll catch another one. But I like it when the, the hook just pops out and it's easier for the fish too. Yep. It's trouter. Not very stout. Not very sturdy. Yeah, they're not, they're not very hardy at all. No, that's why I kept those bleeders yesterday. Yeah. Normally, if they're bleeding mm -hmm. too much, it's it's going to die. So, might It's as well. just a slow hook set. You, you know that, right? Yep. I'll put <laughs> it on that. <laughs> that happened today. Honestly, I could have caught more fish. Um, Nick said he saw my bobber go down a few times, and then... I noticed at the end of my cast, right before I went to flip it back upstream a couple times, my bobber was underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Your reaction time was a little slower because it was cold. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it was the cold. <laughs> Where'd we'll he go say, with that? We'll it was the cold. That. It was the cold or the walk up the mountain the, yesterday and then just lagging from that. So we'll use those two excuses. <laughs> My shoulders are sore from all the casting we've done. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Just being cold, wearing all those extra layers of clothes and, you know, the suspender, you know, the, the straps from the, the waders and stuff like that on the neck and shoulders. My my shoulders are sore. Yep. Putting a beat down on them will do that to you. Because yeah. Matt's put the beat down on him this weekend. I think yeah. he's... Uh, yep. I'm setting up, too. Don't look like that. Setting the hook. Yeah, it definitely it'll, it'll wear you out. You know, it's bad to complain about hurting from fishing too much, but <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> people don't people don't want to hear it. <laughs> That's a very good point. No. I know if I was at work and somebody come in the next day and be like, "Man, I'm I'm beat," you know, my shoulders, my arms, they all hurt from fishing too much. I yeah, shut up. <laughs> I know on I know on kill day I'm gonna say something. Uh, I know I'm going to be tired. You yeah. know, we yeah. all are. I know on kill day on Tuesday, I'm going to walk in there and tell uh, tell Cam something about being sore or tired from fishing. And he's a he's a big time fisher. He loves fishing. He was telling me how jealous he was that I get, I was getting to go yeah uh, this weekend. But I know I'm going to go in there and say something. I'm going to hear it from him. He'd much rather, which we all would. We'd much rather be sore from casting and catching and yeah all that than sore from working and well hopefully memorial day will be a good uh a good time to go fishing up here hopefully we get a little bit of rain and there'll be some good flow in the streams and we'll be able yeah. to go out and chase them again and there'll be more bugs hatching so more top water opportunities more yeah, dry fly opportunities which is i like doing that that's fun can't beat that well then you'll have to teach me because i've never uh never really done much dry fly fishing because you know the steelhead and everything else has always been uh you know the wet flies mm-hmm. yeah, that's not much different than wet fly you're on a strike indicator no your strike indicator is the fly you see the fish come up hit your fly set the hook <laughs> so it's like running a buzz bait yeah pretty much sometimes it's a little more subtle they don't. They don't uh, hit as hard yeah, as they the don't bass always do. come flying out of the water and smack back down on it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they'll be just like right below the surface, and they'll kind of just open their mouth and it'll make a little vacuum and pull it down in. You just gotta, yeah. If you're gonna be in quick moving water, you better have a bigger, bigger fly or something that's brighter that you're gonna be able to see because you're going up and down and there's ripples and that and. If, if like I said, just sometimes it's just so subtle that you don't even notice it. It takes a quick hook set too, because they realize it's not. Yeah, they're they're up and boom and let go. They realize real quick it's not what they thought it was. Yeah, as soon as you see that fly disappear, it's, you gotta set the hook. Even if it's not a fish on there, if you don't see the fly anymore, you better set the hook. There's a lot of times though when we've done it in the past, had those holdover fish that are still swimming around up here, dry fly fishing. That's when the tippet and the bottom fly comes in in handy too because there's times where they don't come up and smack it but they'll grab your nymph underneath and yes you can do like a dry dropper you have your dry fly on the top and then you tie your your tippet onto your hook and run your wet fly or nymph underneath Underneath of it you use your dry fly like an indicator your dry fly hops drops underneath for no reason if you don't see a fish on there you better set the hook because something's grabbing your nymph See, well, that's part of the advantage of the wet fly, because like those flies I've been throwing the last couple of days are, uh, they call their sucker spawns. It's what they call the type of fly, and it's made out of angora yarn. And the part of the you know, plays a really big role when you go steelhead fishing, but that yarn is very, um, I'm not even sure what the word, right way to put it is, but it's very um, it catches on their teeth very easily oh, yeah. so it gives you that extra split second uh-huh. if you're a little late on the hook set it it you know if they once they pull that fly in they try to spit it out it, it hangs on their on their teeth so it gives you that extra second to grow thin fibers that exactly mm-hmm. 
That's what you see a lot of people when they're fishing for gar. They'll put a piece of string on the end of their lure, whatever they're doing. Because most of the time, you're not putting a hook into a gar's jaw. Like, it's just too hard. People say you can set the hook as hard as you want, and it's probably not going into it. But they'll put string on there, and that string will get wrapped around one of the teeth on the gar's jaw, and it's not coming off. Because I guess the teeth are, like, serrated, almost like a porcupine quill. We're going in, they sit back, and then if you try to pull up, it they'll stick out, you know. So they use the string for that and the hook, that's how they hook them instead of with the actual hook going into their jaw. That's, an, that's pretty neat. I didn't know. Yeah. That. They say most of the time you just end up cutting the string off of their teeth because they said it's a pain to get it off of it. The string's basically the hook then? Yeah, the string is the hook because you can, you can almost guarantee you're not being able to set the hook into their jaw just because of how bony it is that's cool yeah that's cool i've never seen a porcupine either so i don't i don't know what that comparison well, you missed like. there was a dead one on the road on the way up uh, okay I, well, I saw that one yeah i guess i've never seen one close enough or stick around up here long enough you'll see some yeah i or would hear them underneath the camp that'd be neat yeah, it's real neat. Well, yeah. <laughs> when they're underneath the wanna, camp chewing I, on the wood. I want to hear that sound you said. It's just sound, it sounds like a puppy crying. This, yeah. Like a real quiet puppy crying, like a whine. Almost. This is the weirdest thing because I was sitting right here. We were eating dinner, and it come from right here behind me where the corner of the heater is. And I could hear it. I'm like, man, that sounds like a porcupine, you know. And my pap had phone service because he has Verizon and we looked it up what this what sounds porcupines make and that's what it was he's underneath the camp <laughs> that like i said i'm a scared person so that could that couldn't happen while i'm sleeping that couldn't be what wakes me up i'd rather hear the mouse running around <laughs> <laughs> you get that too <laughs> yeah that's, that up here that's all right <laughs> it's all right we reloaded the decon box so we're going to take care of those guys <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like trying it's like shooting one coyote in a on a farm. You're like, oh, I'm gonna take care of them. And there's four more to replace it. So, come on, the glass is always half full. Yeah. <laughs> one mouse is all that we've got. I know we've been setting mouse traps up here for ever, and there's always mice. <laughs> Every time you come up, there's mice shit, mouse shit somewhere. <laughs> it's surprising for as many snakes as there are around here. In the summertime, they're not as bad. When the snakes are actually out, <laughs> well, we caught that one snake in the mouse trap here that one Memorial Day weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah they were was, here for that. It, I was about to bring that up. Kristen, I think, is the one that saw it because yeah. I was still laying up there in bed. Yeah. Whenever that happened, and I think it was over by the stove, wasn't it? Yeah, it was over either by there. the stove or behind the heater here. Yeah. And I'm, it was still alive, or was it? I'm pretty sure yeah, it was still alive. Yeah, it caught like like a little bit behind its head like far enough behind its head where it didn't kill it and it was still alive <laughs> yeah <laughs> then when you go in the outhouse you always gotta look up maybe go in there not right now you're all right right now because it's cold enough that the snakes aren't out but memorial day weekend you gotta look because it's warm enough that the snakes are out and moving and i know last year when we replaced the tin on the top of the roof or that was the year before the year before you yeah the amount of snake skins underneath that roof was just insane. Mm, they were everywhere. Yeah, there was I know the one time your Aunt Susan came in here, didn't get to use the bathroom because there was a there was a snake there was a there. snake up there. Mm -hmm. And for me, snakes aren't. I mean, around here, I guess there there's poisonous snakes. Well, yeah, you got you got rattlesnakes. You got the rattlesnakes up there. You got, got copperheads. Um, so it's, I guess it's not like home as much, but snakes aren't as big of a deal to me as like honestly i'm terror i hate spiders with a passion any kind of spider i don't care how it can be a centimeter big it needs to die in my opinion and bees those are two I, things that, i hate bees i hate wasps i hate anything yep. that stings any kind of any kind of bee like that i can't can't do it that's what i pay even more attention to when i go into that outhouse when it warms up a little bit that's the one positive to coming up here like right now it's not as much looking around the outhouse i get to go in there and do what i gotta do and 
come out. So <laughs> yeah, one plus you're in and out of there a little quicker when the seat's pretty cold. Nah, yeah, the that's seat's true. about forty degrees. You sit down <laughs> on it. You you're either you don't gotta go anymore, or you get <laughs> yeah, or you get, get done, done. Or you get done what you gotta get done. So you go <laughs> ahead and warm your ass up. <laughs> well, I definitely second the spider and bee thing. I <clears throat> I always live by the theory: there's my world, and then there's their world. So if I'm inside, and they're in my world. They're not long for uh, my world. They're going to yep. find an early death. If they're <laughs> yeah. outside and they're in their world, that's fine. I'll let them be outside. <laughs> but when they come into my world, nope, it's over. I don't mind spiders that much. Bees, uh, I've been stung too many times. Uh, yeah. I think in the last two years I've been stung like four times. I got stung once down there, down at Frank's down there where he's got his little hut at. I got stung once down there. And last summer at work, I got stung uh, twice. We were digging somewhere, and we were cleaning up trees, something like that. And there was a ground bee's nest, and I stood next to the, I stood by the ground bee's nest, not knowing it was there, and got just lit up. And luckily, I had tobacco. So then, after I got back in <laughs> back in the back, I took tobacco and covered the hole up and smack down on it and <laughs> I said I'll get you <laughs> I don't know how we all didn't get lit up down there his thrower there in that little shack the three of us were down there cause yeah. they were and we had went into the shack we were like getting ready to sit down and use it said oh there's bees and then Nick gets gets it and I know the same thing happened to me at home this past year. We want to put flowers up around the porch and stuff. I've, the reason we haven't is because of the the bees that are already there. I can only imagine we put flowers and stuff like that up. How much more attraction we're going to get? Because, like he said, ground bees. I was moving stuff around behind the house, and um, I was out there by myself. And Seminole and her friend were in the house. They heard me screaming, galloping through the yard like a horse because I'm getting torn up. I got like six, eight of them. I was right on top of them, and they came out of there in a hurry. And we went back because I knew it was bees. I couldn't tell how many there were. I knew I got it a bunch of times, so I figured there was a nest, and we got close to it, and they just were pouring out of that hole. Mm-mm. No luckily, bees for me. Luckily, I haven't been gotten by a wasp in a while. Wasps are the worst because then they just keep hitting you. Mm, I've never had a wasp. I had a yellow jacket that kind of did that to me. It felt like it just kept going and going. I got it stuck well, in my yeah. sock cutting grass. Yeah, I had a wasp get on my shirt. Mm. I even I hate the sweat bees. Mm -hmm. uh, they get like in underneath your shirt sleeve or something like that. Move your arm and then they get you. And they don't hurt that bad when they start out, but man, it. Oh. You get a couple of them, it really. Yeah. You feel it. So when does turkey season open in West Virginia? The Eight. April 18th? Yeah, 18th, yeah. And then Pennsylvania it opens when? May. It should be first Saturday, I think. So you got two oh, weeks May. in West Virginia to hunt before you got to come back to PA. Yeah, May, May th or April 30th. So really, I mean, you got... A week and three quarters, pretty much, for PA opens up. I've got uh, I've got a plan this year to hopefully get one in West Virginia quick, and then having a forty minute drive, it's tough because it, it in the morning it can happen quick, but having that drive, it's tough to go out before work and stuff like that. But my plan is to try and get up here as many days as I can try and make happen early in the morning come in early for work and then go out tell the boss hey i got to use the kill floor to pluck a couple feathers <laughs> maybe put it in the cooler <laughs> i was gonna say you could probably just put it in the cooler until you get off of work and then take it home and pluck it but yeah that's that's my plan for this year to to get it done in both ways hopefully both states yeah, we're ready. We're ready for it to start. That's for sure. Yeah, this was this was A, and then turkey season's B. Opening weekend of trout's A, and turkey season's right behind it, and we're 
ready to roll. Yep. I don't know if I'll get out to do much turkey hunting this year or not. I want to. Uh, I want to start doing some trap shooting. That'd be a lot of fun. So, don't know whether there'll be enough time to do both. Mm-hmm. Well, we're coming on about 50 minutes here. I think everybody's about ready to start winding down for bed. Mm-hmm. Everybody's pretty tired. Uh, so I'll go ahead and do my plugs at the end <laughs> of the episode again. It's the number four, not the letter four. Yeah, it's the number four. <laughs> I got you this time. Thank you. Uh, like like I said last week, if you do like what you hear, uh, give us a rating and a review. Tell somebody about it. Share it. Uh, the rating and review definitely helps us out helps us show up further up on the charts uh and then telling somebody about it helps us grow all you gotta do is tell one person and they tell one person and we keep growing like that uh if you wanted to follow our instagram it is at built for the outdoors it's all one word all lowercase with the number four youtube is the same as the instagram all lowercase all one word number four Facebook is built for the outdoors. Uh, the B in built and the O for outdoors capitalized. The T on the is lowercase, all separate. Um, email link for the email will be in the description of this episode. You can also email us through our Instagram page. Um, email us some topics. Email us some topics. Uh, leave us some comments on the Instagram with some topics on facebook with some topics wherever you can get a hold of us let us know some topics uh and just tell somebody about it man that's just that's how we're gonna grow yeah we love doing it for you guys and we'd we'd love it even more if you had your you and your friends listening yeah and more people listening uh but uh, other than that, that's pretty much my spiel for the episode. YouTube videos will be out soon. Uh, maybe by the time this episode airs in two weeks from today, it'll maybe we'll have a YouTube video out, and then uh, turkey season can be coming. We'll get rolling in with that, and just we're just ready for excited for what's coming this summer and fall and the spring. Uh, things are gonna start ramping up more. Yep. Big things are on the way. Yep, but uh. Thank you, Matt, for hopping on and talking to us this weekend last week. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Yep, want to do this again sometime. And thank you, Jimmy, as always. Absolutely. You're you're here all the time. Do my best. You're here. I do my best. We can see that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, As always, stay built for the outdoors.